All right. Um, in J.R. Tolkien's The Return of the King, the third and final book of his Lord of the Rings series, there's an interesting conversation that goes on between uh, Sam and Frodo. about this burden of holding the uh, if you're not familiar with the story basically these are hobbits and uh, Frodo inherited this ring and he uh, and he discovers that this is actually this mythical magical uh, powerful ring that if the Dark Lord Sauron got his hands on it he would probably destroy the world and so he goes on this journey to uh, carry the ring to the fires of Mount Doom to destroy it and uh, throughout this whole time it's such a huge burden because it, the ring you know, it, it does all sorts of psychological things to you, and, and it's, it's not very uh, wonderful, okay? So here's a scene. I'm just going to read it out, okay? I can't imagine it. Sorry, I, I can't manage it, Sam, Frodo said. It is such a weight to carry, such a weight. Sam knew before he spoke that it was vain and that such words might do more harm than good, but in his pity, he could not keep silence. Then let me carry it a bit for you, Master, he said. You know I would, and gladly as long as I have any strength. A wild light came into Frodo's eyes. Stand away, don't touch me, he cried. It is mine, I say, be off. His hand strayed to his sword hilt, but then quickly his voice changed. No, no, Sam, he said sadly, but you must understand, it is my burden and no one else can bear it. Um, you know, this scene, you know, I think there's a few things that, that jump out at me and uh, that make me reflect upon my own life. You know, sometimes we, like Frodo, we volunteer to carry the burdens of others. You know, Frodo, in this case, he's carrying the burden of the whole world. Um, and sometimes we realize that they are heavier than we initially realized, that we volunteer to do something, to carry a burden for someone, and it, it feels like it's unmanageable. And sometimes we are like Sam, we want to volunteer to help someone carry their burden. We say, oh, you, we, I recognize you're carrying such a heavy load. I want to help you out, but we are rebuffed. We're rejected. And, um, and they refuse to share their burdens, right? You know, sometimes these burdens, they don't compare to, you know, the burden we see in this story, the burden of carrying the one ring to rule them all. Uh, but sometimes we do have burdens that are pretty significant, and they can still feel overwhelming. And, and that is one of the questions I want to main question I want to answer today, which is, whose burdens are we to carry? Whose burdens are we to carry? And maybe here are some questions you've thought about before, you know. Are we to bear the burdens of our aging parents who are no longer able to live or to take care of themselves? Is that a burden we are supposed to carry? Are we to bear the burden of a friend, a hypothetical friend, who calls us in the middle of our work day you know, maybe they're going through a difficult time, maybe they're, you know, they're having relationship issues or something, and it's in the middle of work. Are we supposed to... ...moment carry the burden of our friend? Are we to an acquaintance who has an unexpected medical bill, and they start a GoFundMe, and they're trying to collect donations? Are we supposed to help bear that person's burden? Are we to bear the burdens of strangers on the sidewalk who are asking for bus money? They have a burden they're trying to carry. Are we supposed to bear that kind of burden? And so all the time, I feel like we're encountered with opportunities and we are uh, momentarily asking ourselves, is this a burden I'm supposed to carry or not? You know, and several years ago, I've, this happened to me recently. Several years ago, I went to uh, a mission trip to Haiti 
and uh, you know, I met a lot of folks, and some of these folks they added me on uh, on different like WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger and all that afterwards. And some of them every every like three or four months they just chat me up and see, and we just have like a two-minute conversation. And that's it. So that's sort of our relationship. But I don't so I don't know these people very well. But recently, you know, one of these guys he asked me if I could be his sponsor because he's trying to apply to be a refugee in the U.S. He's applying for asylum because there's a lot of gang violence going on in Haiti. And, and I was presented with this question, so I, I barely know this person. And so I confessed. I said no. But momentarily, I asked, I asked myself, is this a burden I'm supposed to carry? Am I supposed to help bear this person's burden? You know, today we're continuing our putting your life in order sermon series and we're talking about ordering our relationships and one way to think about relationships is in this context or in this uh, framework of burdens of burden bearing you can think of relationships as opportunities to share burdens with other people and in turn to take on the burdens of other people why do we spend time and money and energy in relationships why do we you know invite people over for dinner or why do we volunteer here at nonprofit organizations or why do we visit a family member in the hospital we do these things because they are they they are ways by which we share the burdens of other people that is that is what relationships is all about there's a cost to relationships you spend time and energy and and effort and money to do things for people and that's how you invest in the relationship and, um, and, and sometimes they invest in, your, in you as well. There's it, it, a two-way street. We do all these things because we are helping to carry burdens for people. And as we'll see, this is one of the callings of the Christian. Us Christians, we are called to put in ourselves, put ourselves into the lives of other people. And that is how we invest in those relationships. Um, however, doing all these activities means that we may sometimes have less time and less money and less energy for ourselves. So that's the other side of the coin. Sometimes we spend a lot of time on other people, and sometimes we spend too much time on other people, such that we don't have enough time for ourselves. And so here's this little spectrum, okay? In our attempts to manage different burdens, people, they often resort to one of two extremes, okay? On the one hand, there are people who they always say no to people. They're presented with these opportunities to take on someone's burden, and so they say, and their default is they say no, all right? They only bear their own burden, and maybe their philosophy is only responsible for themselves. They only take care of themselves, and so the struggles of others are not their concern, and what is the end result? It is selfishness, okay? They're prone to being isolated, detached, self-absorbed. On the other hand, you have folks who say yes to all these opportunities. Anytime an opportunity comes up where you are uh, you know, you're presented with this opportunity to bear the burden for someone, they say yes. And so they spend too much time and effort taking care of everybody else, uh, such that, one, they probably don't do a great job bearing people's burdens. They, they might overcommit. They say, you know, I'll, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this, and they can't carry them all, they can't juggle all these plates. And they don't take care of themselves very well. All right, so as a result, they're burnt out. They're uh, prone to being trapped or depressed or bitter. Okay, so that's sort of the, the two extremes. And so the right answer is somewhere in the middle, right? That's pro probably pretty obvious. Somewhere between selfishness and burnout is where we should be. But where is that? Where is that line? 
In Galatians 6, Paul gives his final exhortations to the churches in Galatia, and we'll spend a little bit of time uh, talking about some of these verses. But what's interesting in Galatians 6, we won't read the whole thing, is he has three different verses that says that, that, that are involved with this idea of bearing someone's burdens, but they're a little bit seemingly contradictory. Okay, so here's what I'm talking about, all right? In Galatians 6.2, Paul says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. And then in Galatians 6.5, he says, For each one should carry their own load. And then Galatians 6.10, he says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Okay, so let's unpack these one at a time, all right? Let's start with uh, Galatians 6.5, just even though it's in the middle, all right? So according to Galatians 6.5, we are to bear our own burdens, all right? So we all have burdens to bear. We all have our own responsibilities, our own needs, our own wants, things like that. And so we are to bear our own burdens. So that is the first principle to lay out. And then in Galatians 6.2, it says, carry each other's burdens. And in this context in Galatians, you can read the whole passage if you want. But Galatians 6.1, Paul says brothers. So in this context, it's pretty clear he's talking about people in the church. All right, so when he says carry each other's burdens. He's talking about carrying the burdens of other people in the church, people who are part of the family of God, all right? And then in Galatians 6.10, we're to do good to everyone. So he's not just talking about people in the church. He says everyone, and especially those in the church, but he says but it, the, the, the net is cast wider to everyone, all right? So here's this, another diagram, all right? There's a lot of diagrams today, okay? So here are three categories. There's the self, there's the church, and then there's everyone. All right, so let's talk about these. So firstly, there's the self. So bearing our own burden involves taking care of ourselves. And in many ways, a lot of what we've been talking about, you know, sometimes when we think about taking care of ourselves, we immediately think of selfishness, okay? But taking care of ourselves doesn't have to be selfish. You can actually be taking care of yourself in a very biblically healthy way. In fact, a lot of what we've been talking about in this sermon series is taking care of yourself. You know, when you're ordering your emotions, when you're ordering your mind, like all these things are, you're taking care of yourself. You're doing things to make yourself more healthy. Okay, so praying is a way of taking care of yourself. Fasting is a way of taking care of yourself. Reading the Bible or just reading books in general is a way to take care of yourself. Eating healthy, exercising. So these are all great ways to take care of yourself, to focus on yourself. And so that is a, that is a necessary part of what it means to be a Christian, is to carry your own load, Right? And sometimes, this is another thing to know, sometimes when we're carrying our own burdens, we recognize that the burden is too much for us to bear. And so what do we do? We ask for help. And asking for help is also one of the ways in which we take care of ourselves. It might be a friend, it might be a counselor, it might be a pastor. There's all sorts of people you can ask for help, but when we ask for help, these are also ways in which we make sure that we're taken care of, okay? So that's the first category. The second category is the church. You know, there are countless one another commands in the Bible. One another commands meaning, meaning stuff like love one another, serve one another, forgive one another, show hospitality to one another. These all over the Bible. And all of these are examples of how to carry one another's burdens. When we see someone who has a need and we meet that person's need, that is the way we carry that person's burden. And one, one point about this, you know, so here we're not talking about in this diagram, I don't specifically list out one's biological family, like your parents, your kids, and your brothers and sisters, and so on. 
but I think you can sort of include this in the church, all right? Um, it's not talked about in the Galatians 6, but elsewhere Paul does talk about the importance of also essentially bearing the burdens of your biological family. For example, in 1 Timothy 5.8, Paul says, anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. All right, so we don't want to be worse than unbelievers. So we ought to take care of our biological families too. So we can include that in the church. So anyways, there's self, there's church, which includes your family, your biological family. And then thirdly, there's everyone. Now, taking care of everyone doesn't necessarily mean, doesn't mean you actually meet the needs of every single person on earth, okay? That would stretch you pretty thin. There's 7 billion people, okay? So if you do that, you wouldn't be very effective. But I think what this means is that you are open to the possibility that God is calling you to meet the need of a total stranger. That, I think that's what it means. It means that there may be situations you may find yourself in. You can be in a totally random place, unexpected place. You're not planning to meet with someone. It's not someone you know, but you run into someone, and God at that moment may be calling you to do good to that person, to carry the burden of that person. You know, a great example of this is the parable of the Good Samaritan, right? There was a Samaritan man, and he, when he woke up that morning, he wasn't thinking, you know what, today... I'm going to find a beaten man on the side of the road. That wasn't part of his plans. He was just traveling from one place to the next, and then he came across an opportunity that God had presented to him to care for the needs of a total stranger. And he chose, in that moment, to bear that person's burden. Okay? So that's what, that's what doing good to everyone means. So here's the thing, okay? So Paul, in Galatians 6, he talks about these three ways, three categories of bearing someone's burden, okay? To bear your own load, to, bury, uh, to bear the loads of uh, other people around you, and to bear the loads of potentially everyone, okay? And it seems almost contradictory. Like how, do you, how do you know whose burden to bury at what time? And how do I, and like, how do I know if I'm being selfish? How do I know if I'm being selfless? You know? But I think that's sort of the point. Bearing people's burdens is nuanced. It's not really clear-cut. It, uh, let's take an example, okay? So let's say you're walking along the street in the sidewalk. This happens in Baltimore all the time, and someone comes up to you, and they're asking for bus money, okay? They want to catch the bus, okay? So in that moment, how do you know if you're supposed to bear this person's burden? Well, it depends, you know? And I'll just share what I do. And it's not prescriptive, but sometimes... If I have time, if I'm not in a rush, I actually spend the time to talk to this person, okay? And I try to figure out what it is that they need. My personal conviction is I don't give out cash, but you know, that's not everyone's conviction. But I try to figure out, okay, what is this thing that you need? And I ask enough questions so that they realize if it's reasonable, I can try to meet this need. Okay, so if I'm a sandwich, Okay, here's a 7-Eleven a few blocks away. We can walk there. I can buy you something. Okay, so that's my way of trying to bear that person's burden in the moment. There have been a few times. I don't do it as often now that I have kids. But uh, there have been a few times when they would say, oh, I need to get to this. I need to catch a bus because I need to go there. And I would even say, if you're serious about going there, I have half an hour. I can drive you there right now. Okay, and so I've done that a few times. I drive them over there. And, and throughout this time, my, my, my plan is more long-term. It, it's not just to give this person a ride, but maybe have a spiritual conversation with this person, try to figure out a little bit of this person's story and maybe even pray for them. So I've done that a few times before, okay? But the majority of the time, I don't do any of that. The majority of the time, I say sorry. 
help, and I keep walking. That's what I do the majority of the time. At that moment, I have a prior commitment, I have responsibility, and I'm limited in time, and I'm limited in money, I'm limited in resources, I'm limited in emotional capacity, and I recognize that in this moment, if I say yes to this person, then that means I'm probably saying no to somebody else. Because I know that if I spend time or money on this person, that is potentially less time or less money that I have for a friend or for a family member or for myself. And so is, do I feel a little bit guilty sometimes? Yes, I do. And so it's conflicted. It's not, it's not clear cut. But in that moment, I have to do some quick math in my head, which is, okay, in this moment, do I think I have the time? Is this a reasonable use of my time? Is this a reasonable use of my money to help the stranger right now? Is God calling me to do this? Or, potentially in this moment, is this taking me away? Am I going to be late for work or late to an appointment or late to pick up my kids or maybe I have less money to spend on date night next week or whatever. I just do the quick math, okay? Is this something that will take away from another relationship that I have? And this is what it means to order your relationships. As you, you, we do this all the time. We scan the relationships we have quickly in our brains. We scan our commitments. We scan our responsibilities. And we say, okay, am I delegating my time in a, 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 health, in a healthy way such that the people I feel the most responsible for, I'm investing a good amount of time. The people I feel sort of responsible for, I'm investing this amount of time and money and so on. That's what it means to order your relationships. Okay, here's an illustration to help you think about this, okay? So we're all carrying a bunch of burdens, all right? So maybe some of you are getting triggered just looking at something like this, okay? But anyways, all these rectangles, they represent different burdens that we are bearing, that we are carrying, okay? So let's... This person in the middle, this teal person, actually looks a little... So this person is carrying a bunch of burdens, okay? So the biggest rectangle is his own burden. So that's the blue rectangle, right? And then you'll notice on top of these rectangles, there's a bunch of rectangles. One of these is a red, a red rectangle, and you'll see that it's linked to this other red rectangle. And let's say that's his child. That's why I made this kid a little smaller, all right? And then there are these other rectangles, all right? And maybe there's his parents, and maybe there's a friend, and maybe there's a coworker, maybe there's a neighbor, so on. Okay, these are all different rectangles. And um, one of these, this orangish one, okay, so let's say, let's call this person his friend, okay? And you'll notice his friend is also carrying a blue rectangle, all right? And so what you might say about this relationship is this is a pretty balanced relationship. In other words, they take turns helping each other out. Sometimes a blue guy carries this guy's burden. Sometimes this guy carries a blue guy's burden and so on, okay? And this is in contrast with a red child because... You know, if you're a parent, you know this. When a child is below a certain age, they really can't help, okay? They always offer to help, but it's something like, oh, I want to turn off the light switch. Oh, I can't reach it. Can you pick me up so I can turn off the light switch? Okay, that's, that's not very helpful, all right? It's, but, but so under a certain age, okay, the parent is bearing, carrying the burden of the child, and the child does very little or nothing at all to carry the burden of the parent, all right? So um, their rectangles that the child carries is, is not very much. It might be like himself, his sibling, a goldfish, a doll. Okay, that's it. Okay, so as you grow older, as you mature, you have more responsibility. You just carry more burdens. That's just how life works, all right? 
And so having a, having a so this is called a one-sided relationship, all right? So the, the blue guy and the orange guy, they have a two-sided relationship, a balanced relationship. The blue guy and the red guy, okay, the red kid, that's a one-sided relationship. Now, one-sided relationships are not bad. Sometimes people, you know, are very anti-one-sided relationships. They would say, oh, man, this guy, these people, they're just taking from you. They're never giving. That's toxic. You've got to cut them out of your life, okay? So I don't think you need to, you know, if you were to do that, then no one would ever have kids, all right? So you don't, you don't need to cut these people out of your life, okay? Sometimes part of what it means to be human is you have one-sided relationships. And sometimes God calls us to have one-sided relationships, and sometimes they're not even kids, okay? Sometimes they're adults. They're grown human beings, and uh, for whatever reason, they're just in a state of life. Maybe they have health problems, or maybe they have mental health, mental, you know, whether physical or mental. Or maybe they have financial problems. Maybe they have some addiction problems, whatever. Sometimes you're in a stage of life where you're called to be a sole provider in a one-sided relationship. And, and sometimes that's part of our journey, okay? And when you think about it, the Good Samaritan had a very one-sided relationship with this beaten man on the side of the road. He lost a lot of time, and he had to walk now. He couldn't ride his donkey, and he, he gave money to this innkeeper, all right? But anyways, it's always worth asking, okay, whenever we're presented with an opportunity to help someone, to bear someone's burden— do I have the capacity to add something to my plate right now? Do I have the capacity to add something to, to my plate right now? And sometimes we do. Sometimes we look at our life and we go, you know what? I have a lot of laziness in my life. Or I have a lot of just sitting around and doing nothing. I have a lot of selfishness in my life. I should take on more things. I should carry more burdens. Okay? But sometimes we look at our life and it feels pretty maxed out. Our, burdens collectively are pretty big and pretty heavy already. And we recognize if we were to carry a, a new burden, it means we would have to drop an old burden. Meaning if we invest in this relationship, then that means we'll do more poorly in another relationship that we already have. Um, because we only have so much time. We only have so much money. We only have so much perseverance and so on. You know, a counselor I used to see he used to say this, he used to say, you will let people down. That's inevitable. It's just a matter of who you choose you will let down. You know, because I'm a people pleaser by nature, and um, you know, I was always finding myself in situations where I was doing too much stuff, and the person who would always get the short end of the stick was VK, my wife, okay? Because I would say, oh, I'll be home at a certain time, and I'd be late, or like, oh, I'll pick up the kids, and you know, half an hour before. Actually, sorry, can you pick up the kids? So I, always, I was always doing this stuff, and it was almost always because I was volunteering to carry people's burdens uh, in the middle of the day when that wasn't part of my plan in the beginning of the day. Okay, so I was always doing this, and I was realizing I was choosing to let VK down. And so this is just the, you know, this is how life works. We're always going to let people down, and that's just how, and, and it's just a matter of who we're going to choose to let people down, right? So I believe we need to draw some boundaries, okay, between all of these relationships, between all of these burdens. And what boundaries, basically, when you think about all the burdens you need to carry, make sure the size of the rectangle is the appropriate size, okay? So we're carrying all sorts of burdens, and all of these burdens, there are different weights, okay? They take up this much time with this much energy, and you, when you look at your life and you say, you know what, I spent X amount of time on this person, X amount of time on this person, when you think about it, is that the appropriate size of burden that you're carrying, right? Is the rectangle the appropriate size? 
Or when you look at a relationship, are you saying, you know what, I could be carrying more of this person's burden. Or, you know what, I could be carrying less of this person's burden. Um, are the sizes of all the rectangles appropriate? That's what it means to set boundaries. Is you say, you know what, I spent this much time or this much money on this relationship, and this is good enough. I feel like I've done a fine enough job. This is what I'm committed to. And even if this person has more need, it's not for me. Okay? And you draw the line, you draw the boundary. Because if you don't draw these boundaries, then what will happen is these relationships will bleed into one another. Um, so what will happen... And so, for example, you know, when I used to work as a pastor full-time, now I'm part-time, but when I used to work as a pastor full-time, one of my boundaries that I tried to set was I tried to make sure I would have three evening church events a week, if possible, okay? Everything always had a disclaimer, you know, and, and this is sort of the job with ministries. You, you, you can't, all these boundaries are in pencil, okay? And the reason why is because I really valued spending time with my family and eating dinner with my family and helping out with bedtime with my family. And also, I knew, you know, my personal Bible reading and journaling always happened at night. I can't, for the life of me, figure out how to wake up early. And so I always do this at night. And I knew if I had too many evening events uh, in a given week, then I just, I'm too exhausted. I don't, I just skip my Bible reading, okay? So I knew I needed to limit the number of weeknight events I had. So I tried to limit it to three nights a week. Every now and then, there were weeks where there were a lot of events, so I would have four. And it wasn't the end of the world, but, you know, I would just sort of make a mental note to myself, okay, I had four this week, maybe next week, if possible, i try to have two. And so that's what, I would, that's what it means to set boundaries, is you look at your life and you go, okay, what commitments are taking too much of my time, and uh, what commitments am I not dedicating enough to, okay? Will boundaries fix everything? No. I still feel overwhelmed sometimes, you know, I still feel like Frodo sometimes, carrying this ring. But I think... And I think this is a key, okay? Feeling overwhelmed is not necessarily a bad thing when you order your relationships. It's not just about feeling totally stress-free. It's about managing your stress and limiting your stress and keeping your stress in place, okay? Because I think stress sometimes is not bad. Feeling a little bit of being overwhelmed is not bad because what it does is it, it causes us to have a brutal awareness that our limitations bring us to Christ. Here's what I mean, okay? Jesus lived out the principles of Galatians 6 perfectly. Okay, he did all these things. He bore the burden. He bore the burdens of others. He bore the burdens of everyone. Okay, his life was marked by bearing people's burdens, and he set boundaries while doing so. Now, it's really fascinating to study Jesus' life in this context of setting boundaries. You know, sometimes he bore the burden of himself. You know, he was asked. Uh, sorry, sorry, in uh, Matthew 26, he was praying for himself in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he even asked for help. He asked his disciples, hey, could you pray with me? Could you keep watch with me? That was an incredible example of him just saying, you know what? I need to take care of myself. I need to bear my own load. Sometimes he bore the burdens of the family of faith, the church, right? There were many times in which he would pull away from the crowds and just meet with his disciples, he did that in the upper room, the Last Supper. He did that one time in Matthew 14. He fed the 5,000, and then he said, you know what, let's withdraw. Let's uh, get on this boat together. And he, 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 he did this walking on the water business with his, with, his, uh, with his disciples, and he taught his disciples a private lesson on faith. Okay, and other times he bore uh, the burdens of total strangers. One time he was teaching in a crowd, and then a bleeding woman touched him. 
in Mark 5, and, and the text reads, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. In other words, he, he decided, you know what, I'm going to allow myself to, uh, to dedicate some time and energy and power to this total stranger over here. And so Jesus, he, he at times ministered in all three categories to himself and to the church and to everyone. And what's interesting to me is Jesus, you know, he's God. So he could have chosen to have no limitations, but he chose instead in his human flesh to have limitations. He chose not to bear everyone's burdens indefinitely, because there were times people wanted him to do miracles, and he said no, but he chose to succumb to limitations. He chose to become this finite human being with restraints. And why? Because ultimately, when he was here on earth, his, his ultimate mission wasn't just to bear some burdens here and there, but his ultimate mission was to bear the ultimate burden, which was sin itself. You see, the great burden of humanity was the burden of sin, and that's ultimately why Jesus came. You know, earlier we talked about toxic relationships. You know, the, probably the most toxic relationship ever, the most one-sided relationship ever, was that between Jesus and humanity. And when you think about it, you know, J Jesus, you know, he lovingly came to human beings, who rejected him, betrayed him, nailed him to a cross. And on that cross, he chose the path of forgiveness. He chose to forgive his murderers, and he restored, he restored them to God. What a one-sided relationship. In 1 Peter 2.24, Peter writes, He himself bore our sins in his body. so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. Um, Jesus at the cross, he bore the sins of the whole world. And when we think about that, that should give us the power and the freedom to bear the, the burdens of others around us. You know, the secret to bearing other people's burdens is to recognize that Jesus has bore the burdens of the whole world, including ours, including ours. Remember that diagram we had of the, the the people carrying all those rectangles. Jesus is carrying the whole world. You can imagine all these people, they're standing on this huge rectangle, which is the rectangle of sin, and Jesus is carrying that. How can we possibly bear other people's burdens when our own burdens are so heavy? We only do so by handing over our burdens to Jesus. That is what frees us up to carry the burdens of others. You know, if you feel guilty or anxious, or overwhelmed about all these burdens you need to carry, burdens, family members' burdens, your coworkers, your colleagues' burdens, your neighbors' burdens, total strangers' burdens, all these burdens, if you feel overwhelmed or guilty, I just want to invite you to lay those burdens down at the feet of Jesus and allow Jesus to carry those burdens. You see, we don't need to be Frodo, because Jesus was Frodo on our behalf. The world doesn't depend on you, it depends on God. And God is carrying the whole world in his hands. He has you in his hands. He has your family in his hands, he has your friends in his hands. Everybody. I just want to encourage you to trust in him, lean on him, Allow him to guide you.
want to close on this verse, Matthew 11, 28. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. Glorious gospel message that Jesus gives us rest. You know, many of us, we, uh, we just feel like rest is um, something we can never achieve, we can never find. We're just always stressing out about all these burdens we've got to carry, and it never stops. And uh, it just feels like every day that goes by, it feels heavier and heavier, and we don't know where to put it. And here you are, Jesus, and you're inviting us to hand them over to you. God, I pray you open up our eyes and figure out how to do that. How do we hand these burdens over to you? How do we allow you to take them on so that we won't have to carry them anymore? You say that your yoke is light. Uh, I pray that you help us to find that lightness. I pray you give us that joy, that gratitude, that uh, sense of purpose and conviction that allows us to see all these burdens as light. God, I pray for all of us who are sort of at a crossroads and figuring out whose burdens are we to carry? Which relationships are we responsible for? I, God, I just pray you give us the wisdom and discernment to be able to decipher these relationships to help us to know, okay, we were spending too much time here, we're spending too little time here. I pray that our relationships would be ordered in the way you call us to, to order them. And God, we also pray that you help us to recognize when we can't do it all. When we reach, the, when we reach our limit and we say, this is good enough and we can rest. We're never going to save the world. We're never going to fix everything. And we can just rest in the fact that you have already saved the world and you are currently in the process of fixing and redeeming the world. So help us to trust in you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.